This week on Good For You, friends don't let friends get overwhelmed at the container store. Go to the container store. <laughs> Cry at the container store. <laughs> Think that their problems will be solved at the container store. <laughs> Although they might. For a price. For your soul. Yeah. Your sanity. And probably your, your relationship, savings. honestly, if you go with your partner. Don't go with a parent or a partner. <laughs> go alone. <laughs> it's a spiritual evolutionary experience. Yeah, it's sort of a pilgrimage you need to take solo. And I also feel like the employees are bulletproof because they know people are angry in there all the oh, time. Yeah. What was that thing in grade school? I'm rubber, you're glue. Everything bounces off me and sticks to you. That's their mantra at the container store. It's true. Could never be my mantra because I'm a highly sensitive person. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm. I was like, am I rubber? <laughs> or do I more identify as glue? <laughs> These are the thoughts. These are the really important thoughts happening at 3 p.m. today. Hello and welcome to Good For You. Good for you, man. Good for you. Good for you. podcast about the things we go to, the purchases that haunt us, the best products, services, and industry happenings in the wellness, well-being, and spiritual space. We're going to give you a healthy little dose of fun. We're going to talk about the things that are happening in pop culture, the ones that got away, the things in our cart that are haunting us or ghosting us, our strong opinions that are loosely held. <laughs> we like to call this the Grex. The group text. The group text in your ear. So come say hello. Join us in the audio Grex, where friends don't let friends get, get scammed. scammed. You know, we were talking about the viral three-word style concept that's going around on TikTok, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about my words, current me versus aspirational fall me. Well, do you know how the methodology behind it? I kind of do, but let's bring so I, everybody in. I mean, I haven't like watched too many videos on it because they're always really long. And oh my God, by the way, my ADHD must be really bad. Everyone's TikTok videos are all of a sudden five minutes. They're so long and they're so slow. And I'm like, why isn't there a 2x speed on this? Like, come on. <laughs> if I can fast forward my podcasts, why can't I watch TikToks at, or like I watch YouTube at like 1.5 or 2x. Why can't I watch TikTok? I think that that is a feature that's coming. Especially as they've added longer videos. It's like, well, you have to make up for that somehow. You've got to. But anyways, the three style thing, I've only watched a couple of videos and gotten through a few, is you take out everything in your closet and you basically, you take out the stuff that you wear like all the time that you always go back to and you give that an identifier and that's like your root word I guess of like I guess that's kind of what you are and then you like pick two other words that represent how you want to feel or like how you would want to describe yourself like your accents exactly so what are your three words or your present <laughs> words and your future words I'll tell you my current and I'm working on my future okay my current is jet lag chic <laughs> seasonally confused aspirational cool girl <laughs> okay so those are all hyphenated words those are phrases. i know <laughs> that is six I, words not three <laughs> i couldn't just do three single adjectives come on those are really strong though i'm working on my fall three words all i have so far is corduroy <laughs> very basic <laughs> yeah no corduroy is a personality it's a persona I want to be Paddington this fall. <laughs> yeah. Professor Paddington, you know? Yeah. You're just full Ooh. of like knowledge and tea. 
Uh, yeah, studious corduroy vixen. vixen. Okay, <laughs> it's dark academia. I like it. <laughs> it's spooky season. It's study season. <laughs> I mean, it's time to order Harney and Sons, the spice tea that they have. Have you ever had it? <gasps> the cinnamon spice? <sighs> Maybe once. It's the best in the world ever. It's worth every penny. It's time. It's, it's so good. Okay, what are your three style words right now? Right now, because I'm sort of like stuck in maternity wear. It's mm. Shrek. So peasant ogre <laughs> attire. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could be any character. <laughs> Fiona? I don't know. Yeah, you could totally be Fiona. You have some Fiona dresses. That's true. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do have some Fiona dresses. Sort of like Shrek cottagecore slut. You know, that's kind yes. of my vibe. Yes. yes, slutty. And I think my future, you know, is for fall, it's like homeschool Amish slutty. Amish. I feel like Amish is canon in your. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it is part of my persona. Although I do want to try dressing my, for my kibby style. Although I think I know what I am, but I don't know. I think I need a professional. Okay. So if you don't know what the kibby body types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Body types. Yeah, we talked about it with Lauren. So go listen to last week's episode, but it's basically like not an app. Are you an apple or a pear or athletic or whatever or hourglass? It's more like what are the proportions of your body and your face? And then how do you basically like dress either highlight or downplay those parts of yourself, depending on whatever you're trying to get out of your style. So yeah, I think I know what I am, but I don't really know. According to what you think you are, do most of your favorite clothes fit into that category? Yeah, I would say for the most part they do. And like skirts should be mini skirts. Always. Yeah, agree. (laughs) I could never do the maxi skirt. Are we just highlighting how short I am? I don't. (laughs) That's a little too homeschool. That's like fundamentalist homeschool. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) Anyways. Speaking of going up key instead of down key, we have a good for who? Good for you. Good for you? Good for who? Good for you? So in my inbox, I noticed an article that was in Nylon that is called Hyper Femininity Isn't a Trend, It's a Movement. And we were like, we must discuss. It's written by Caroline Riley. I checked out a bunch of her other pieces. Great writing. Wonderful. Born in 1993. Youth. A youth. I mean, I, I feel like this whole article, it's definitely worth reading, especially mm-hmm. for all the TBTs of things like Lancome Juicy Tubes and mm-hmm. Beyonce and Victoria's Secret Pink outfits. It'll really take you back. But I feel like this article, I wanted it to go a little bit deeper, but mm-hmm. the concept in and of itself was like kind of what inspired us to make good for you, you know, that you can be a multidimensional person in this case, like a girly girl who loves pink and lip gloss and doing your nails and getting your makeup done, but is also smart and has something to say and isn't vapid just because she or they or he is interested in being hyper femme. Well said. And I think it also extends into another reason that we wanted to make this podcast is both coming from being interested in different aspects of modern mysticism, esoteric mysticism, and kind of well-being, wellness, spiritual spaces that talk a lot about consumerism in very binary terms. Oh, yeah. Like it's the worst, most evil thing you could do and you're not, you couldn't possibly be an evolved person if you are consuming anything, which is 
dumb. <laughs> Which is not true. <laughs> Just so dumb. <laughs> but really, we, we need to consume things. And we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. But there's philosophy that self-actualization happens and our identity is created for ourselves and for others based on what we consume. Like that is how we find ourselves and understand ourselves and sort of carve ourselves out in space by like sort of casting our attention or our vote of attention towards things that we like versus things that we don't like. So really, if you want to self-actualize, like consumption is part of it. But also appreciate that we do not live in a world of ones and zeros. And in order to wrestle with this stuff critically, it means engaging with it, not just kind of standing at the sidelines in the peanut gallery. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this article really talks very astutely to this aspect of the representation of hyperfemininity in pop culture now and in the kind of early 2000s, late 90s. And she has a sentence where she was saying, looking at these younger kids, especially on TikTok, embracing all the fun and feminine indulgences of my youth without the toxic baggage that led to so much self-loathing and harm. I just resonated so deeply with that. I was like, damn. Totally. I fucking love makeup, dude. Like I love doing makeup. I love putting on makeup. I like buying makeup. It's fun for me. And I'm never going to be someone who's like, yeah, I want to just be a no makeup person forever. I enjoy it. (laughs) I have so much fun with it. And I was thinking about hyper femininity and BIM sort of bimbo Mm. core, which Mm -hmm. has been sort of trending since TikTok. And I would say that a big part of thesis of this article is social media in and of itself is something that opened us up to being okay, sharing these secrets with each other and sort of like revealing these parts of ourselves and sort of pushing back against narratives of like girl boss culture or Sheryl Sandberg's lean in or like women's empowerment. It has been about being offended a lot of the time by like how women are portrayed in the media and sometimes I don't I don't know maybe like victim culture around women and like what's appropriate so like take something like Vanderpump Rules or The Bachelor or whatever I'm sure there's a ton of people who'd be like this is so anti-feminist this is so misogynist this is you know it's setting women back but i bet you there's a whole generation of these of you know people who identify as like hyper femme bimbos who -hmm. could probably argue the opposite right that it's actually like some sort of reclamation of like female power and like christine quinn on on selling sunset we've talked about her before like it's actually not disempowering it's actually super empowering but i think Mm -hmm. that like depending on what your feminist lens is and maybe where you what your age is, like where you fall, you could either strongly disagree with that or like 100% agree with it, you know? That's what I feel like she concludes with in this article. She's like, that is so second wave feminism. (laughs) Like (laughs) we've moved on from that. Well, this article also made me think of like, why wouldn't I use everything at my disposal, everything that I have access to, to like get what I want in the world. And if I am someone who is blessed with, you know, a body (laughs) or with boobs or whatever, and I know that like patriarchy exists and the male gaze exists. And if I wear makeup, people are going to treat me nicer. Like, why wouldn't I use that? to sort of like affect change. I also totally understand the sort of Jessica DeFino perspective, which is you have to completely sort of abscond from it. Like that's a responsibility in order to dismantle it. We can't like keep playing into it. And I think that's where like the confusion often comes up for people, especially I'll speak for myself as a young person being like, 
Well, I guess I have to dress like a dumpster fire and never wear makeup and like drink beer in order to be taken seriously and sort of not play into all this like sexist bullshit stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's just perfect that society and culture and media, which is all composed of humans, that we're like, here, this is what women you're allowed to do and have power in. But once you start actually embracing that and using it to your advantage, just like any other person would do in business, then we're going to double down on you for that. Of course. But I think TikTok, I know we talk about it a lot, just the ability for people to make their own content and discover each other and have discourse. I think that's changing things really quickly. Absolutely. At the same time, I'm concerned about the rise of like the Proud Boys and the incel communities and all of the other kind of equal and opposite forces that are sprouting up in opposition to women finding power through multiple avenues. It feels like it's women finding power through finding each other. Whereas before we had like Us Magazine, right? And that was Mm -hmm. how you connected with like the female zeitgeist. And it was that so-and-so celebrity was less than a hundred pounds. And like, that's, what's beautiful, you know? And that's like, what is most important about her is how much she weighs or what she eats in a day. Yeah. The writer ends the article really speaking to exactly that. She says the idea that we're conceding our power by embracing femininity is an outgrowth of two equally toxic societal trends. First, the marketing of the aesthetic of the two thousands that drove women to eating disorders and clinical self-loathing. And then, the backlash to that by modern feminists who wrongly focus their animus on femininity itself and not the pop culture machine that turned it into a weapon against young women's self-esteem. Today, hyperfemininity correctly appreciates that low-rise miniskirts and pink punk pumps were never the enemy to begin with. It really hits. It's right. It's not the stuff. It's how we perceive the stuff. It's not mm-hmm. about the miniskirt. It's what you think of the miniskirt. And what you believe about the miniskirt, you know? And it's not looking down on anyone for what they enjoy. It's like, don't yuck my yum. Fuck off. Do your own thing. Amen. Don't yuck my yum. Fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) I would wear that hat. I'd wear the shit out of that hat. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just like, go find something you enjoy instead of hating on what I'm enjoying. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is disliking things is not a personality. I'm going to list random things guys do that give me the ick. Using stairs, figure it out. Waiting in a line, being inside in general. Knowing what time it is, mind your business. Stores, try the wilderness. Driving, just run. Silverware, use your hands. Refrigerators, hunt. (laughs) Well, okay, hyperfemininity being back. Is it good? Who's it good for? Is it good for anyone? (laughs) I think, actually, you brought up Christine Quinn, who I think has a great interview on the Call Her Daddy. Is it Call Me Dad? <laughs> call, call Her Daddy. Also another hyper femme, I would say, like, woman. Totally. I haven't listened to a lot of her episodes, but Christine Quinn from... Selling Sunset. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, line, words, stage hand. <laughs> Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset, who, honestly, one of the only reality TV show empire situations that I've watched, which is produced by the same production company as The Hills and The O.C., which turns out they fucking suck and she really (laughs) takes them down. So they are evil. (laughs) They are 100% evil. If you want to talk about misogyny. Adam DeVello, who I think is the producer, the EP. Yeah, he's Yes, he is. That is an evil person. But 
this interview on Call Her Daddy, I think really speaks to this. And so I think hyper femininity get ever left. And I think as some people are coming around to the fact that it's always been there. And a lot of these hyper feminine women have always known this and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe didn't need to read a ton of feminist text or go through first, second and third wave feminism to embody this. They were living it before. And props to them. All you hype femme people out there who embrace that aesthetic and way of living, because I do think there are a lot of people that have been doing this quietly for a long time that have been unfortunately misperceived or judged by the wider culture. We've really been judging the Amish for their dress wearing. Hyper femme, (laughs) butter churning and dress wearing. (laughs) That long hair, those ankles. (laughs) And that is why I am embodying hyper femininity with my three fashion words of the fall. Hyper femme Amish? (laughs) Yep, that's it. Exactly. (laughs) Can you imagine just like an Amish bonnet in like hot Barbie pink? Honestly, slay. Slay the boots down. (laughs) I can see it. I think that hyper femininity... To your point, never left. And I think it's good for everyone. Let's just continue the hyperfem train. Yeah, or just do you. Whatever. <laughs> Don't yuck someone's young. Otherwise, fuck you. <laughs> That's the post. We are taking a little interlude in this conversation because we have a lovely podcast editor. And we wanted to take this opportunity to let Amelia chime in on the article on Nylon that we were just talking about because we are always trying to speak to people who are smarter than us. And Amelia has her PhD. She is a podcaster herself. She has an amazing podcast. We will link that. She is an author, a former DJ. We just thought this was a great opportunity to shout her out because why not hype up the fan who helps make this whole pod happen. Here's Amelia with her thoughts on this article and this maybe trend. Hey, hey, good for you, babes. Amelia here, breaking the fourth wall for podcast editors everywhere. What I love about hyperfemininity and the article that Michelle and Wallace have been discussing is that gender is a social construct and we can all participate in constructing it. Femininity does not have to be something that's dictated by men or by masculinity. We can play and experiment and make it really meaningful or totally absurd. To me, that's the joy of gender expression. On the flip side of that, gender is still really strictly policed in many places in our global society. People can face life-threatening consequences for the choices they make around their gender expression and how they share and express their aesthetic in their day-to-day lives. So sometimes that, you know, do whatever you want if it feels empowering discourse doesn't acknowledge or address these larger systemic issues or like the real life experiences we have when we are ourselves in public. What I think the piece really gets at when it's called hyperfemininity is not a trend, it's a movement. It's about how when we're making those individual choices where we may be choosing to present ourselves or cultivate an aesthetic that feels counter to the world around us, 
that used to be a really isolating experience. And I think now with the proliferation of TikTok trends everywhere, including hyperfemininity, we don't have to feel alone in that experience anymore. And that allows us to step more and more into ourselves and to play with how we express ourselves and to lean into the absurd or to question more trends or more norms. And I think that can be a really subversive and political act. So what do we do with this whole discourse? Well, I think that we continue to be conscious and critical of the choices that we're making about our appearances on our own terms. And we stay vocal about our relationships to beauty culture and consumer culture and diet culture in that process. I really believe that we can find creative ways to divest from these systems while exploring our aesthetics and while making the world just a safer, better place for everyone to be able to explore and play and liberate and look awesome in the process. Speaking of TikTok, I saw a TikTok that infuriated me not to yuck someone's yum, but it made me livid. And I was like this, my sexy, unique scam smellometer went off the charts. It was like, Oh, it almost broke. It was it was crazy. <laughs> and it was this video that truly was horrible to watch from a guy who is the founder of a company called Stasis. And he was talking about stimulant recovery. And if you are someone who's on stimulants <laughs> and you're sleeping four to six hours, but you don't feel rested, that's because of stimulants. And I was like, well... <laughs> I don't know about that. And then he said a bunch of other things that were like pretty off base. The other one that we've noticed is when people tend to be irritable randomly after work, for example, if you're going home after work and you're tired, you don't want to see anyone once in a while, that's normal. But if you're so exhausted after a day and you're so irritable that you're self-isolating, that's not normal either. And you shouldn't put up with that. And the last one is a lot of people are like, oh, well, I had different times of the day where I'm most productive. That's normal within reason. But if there are windows of the day where you're flat out not productive because you're crashing, that's not productive. So if any of these things are happening when taking stimulants, there's a couple things you can do. One of them is reduce or up dosage, but that's not really my call. That's a doctor. The other one is taking supplements to help. I'm not saying you should take stasis necessarily, but not doing something is probably the worst thing you can do. It got me angry, but it also got me thinking about this sort of like burgeoning industry of stimulant recovery supplements that are for people who are taking like Adderall or some sort of ADHD medication. And I feel like this is such a big, I don't know, response to all of those like online companies that were prescribing people ADHD medication over the pandemic. Mm hmm. For one, just before we get into it, let's drag him a little bit further. And he's like, if you can't work at the end of the day even more, if you feel unproductive at yeah. some points in the day, if you're not a machine for <laughs> capitalism, <laughs> you should you're, check you're yourself. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely something wrong with you. If you come home from work and you're like annoyed. <laughs> at all with anyone yeah. how dare you're you in like kind of a bad mood and like you maybe need to decompress after work and just like be quiet that's definitely fucked up and like okay extrovert calm down like some of us need a refractory period and i would suggest trying it okay maybe he really just needs to bust in it <laughs> Seriously. maybe he needs to relearn the refractory period listen girl boss cool your tits okay 
Like, <laughs> boy boss, bring it down. You're up here. I need you to be down here. Yes. Stimulant recovery. So we tried one company very similar to this. The thing that, yes, we are overstimulated in many different ways. And there are definitely side effects to stimulants that help people with ADHD just as there are side effects to lots of caffeine intake or different types of overstimulation, even being at your computer all day, being overstimulated at work. Being a sexy ass bitch all the time. It's really stimulating, <laughs> you know? And guess what? You get tired and you get annoyed it with people. It's exhausting. Yes. <laughs> being fucking awesome it has its Having a, a killer sense of humor and being so attractive and funny and smart. <laughs> it's it's tiring. and It's hard work. Guess yeah, what? It can make you irritable. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what anger is? It's material. <laughs> <laughs> or as Pima Chodron says, anger is a sign that a boundary has been crossed inside of you. He crossed many of my boundaries while I watched that. So TikTok many of my video. boundaries. <laughs> uh, I do not consent. I do not consent to his overworking, capitalistic, carpe fucking DM attitude. So he probably does need some recovery, and I think he should look inward <laughs> <laughs> and see if he is okay. And maybe he should go to therapy. But to your point, this whole market is kind of interesting because we've seen a few of these things pop up here and there over the past year and a bit. And we've also seen this a lot in the kind of reproductive health and period department yeah. of these stacks of mm -hmm. different herbal supplements that there's always some type of herbalist or doctor who's on the board. But the people who start these companies I feel like are not usually coming from that world. They're coming from marketing. Oh, 100%. Did I ever tell you about the company that I advised for and like worked with that was putting together like it was a supplement company? Was it for probiotics? No, they had a bunch of venture capital and probiotics were on, on the menu. So we're a bunch of adaptogens and we worked with the nutritionist whatever guy who the UCLA school at UCLA is named after. He was such a douchebag. He was really old and really mean. This To do this well takes a really long time and is really hard. And to actually have scientific evidence that like supports a bunch of your claims, all of your claims, is again, very, very difficult. And it seems like all of these companies were put up on Shopify like overnight. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're like sourcing their ingredients from AliExpress. You know, we'll come back to that in a second. But I don't know. I feel like this is a sexy, unique scam to me, to your point, because like the founders are not people who are educated in these topics. Like they don't have... And not to be like totally scientism, you know, and like say that you have to go get your master's degree in order to be a nutritionist or whatever, a compounder, but like it is important. And I think it also just like doesn't address the problem. It's it's like putting a bandaid on the problem, right? Of like, well, I'm going to still take my stimulants, even though they're really not working for me and supporting my lifestyle, which they should. It's like this idea of like, well, chug, guzzle a bunch of coffee every morning and then take a ton of melatonin or a sleeping pill to fall asleep at night. It's like, I don't know. I feel like we could solve this like so much more easily, you know? 
Yeah, I think to your point, it's a multi-pronged approach that usually helps these things. So it's not this one pill is really going to help all of the problems he listed in that video because <laughs> most of those are societal issues. Yeah, they have nothing to do with stimulants. <laughs> like, that's not it. <laughs> I think his video should end with, if you feel this way, maybe you should definitely vote and <laughs> think about... A career in politics <laughs> or getting involved in your community and affecting change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we all want a panacea drug. And to your point, if your lifestyle and anything that you're using to assist, whether it's ADHD medication or coffee or whatever, anything that you're doing in extreme or excess or that isn't working for your body is going to come out in different signs somehow. Mm -hmm. But similarly to how I feel about these period and reproductive supplement stacks, it's mm -hmm. so complicated and it's so individual that to sell these on mass and to market them on mass is so dangerous. Oh my we God, totally. have tested so many of them and I'm super sensitive, especially to herbs. And I've worked in the past with a traditional Chinese medicine doctor who was like, whoa, you're so sensitive. So let's start you on the lowest dose of this one herb, let alone the 10 herbs that are in most of these stacks. Right. And that are kind of like arbitrarily thrown in there. And there's no, oftentimes there's no measurement of how much is inside of a serving or a pill. It's just like, this is there. Rhodiola is there. Shetabari is there. You'll love it. Also, they're so expensive. They're super expensive. And honestly, this stack is pretty much just, it's like stuff that you should get in a multivitamin or that if you're eating a whole food diet, you were getting enough of other than maybe like skullcap <laughs> and what else did they have? Melatonin and then ashwagandha and, and, you know, saffron. You really should be getting most of the stuff in what you eat. You don't, you don't need to buy this stuff. I smell sexy, unique scam. I do too. And I'm curious to see how this industry sort of grows as more and more people seem to be getting diagnosed with ADHD mm -hmm. or on the, like being on the autism spectrum. I'm just really interested to see how things evolve from nootropics, which is like trying to boost your like brain chemistry and make you more smart drugs, basically, mm -hmm. to like now people are on prescription smart drugs in a way to help with their efficacy and productivity. And then these are sort of the response to that. I'm curious, like what's going to come next? I wonder if nootropics are going to come back, but with a little bit more of a nuance to them, like for people with ADHD. Or I wonder if the next set of like supplements is going to be things that help you get super deep rest like that, that like get kick you into intense recovery mode so that when you're resting, you're like actually resting, you know? Right. It's a placebo pill. <laughs> exactly. I mean, don't, this is all a moot point because like the supplement industry is so fake. So, so much of the insane. supplement industry is so fake. Speaking of that, we had a wonderful call-in from one of our lovely ghoulish community members that <laughs> speaks exactly to this point. Hey, love the pod. Good for me. Good for you. I've been binge listening in the last 48 hours since finding you. So I decided to start from the beginning on, a, on episode three, and you guys are talking about placebo pills. And I have a crazy, potentially sexy, unique scam. When I was in high school, I had a hard time sleeping, and my friend was like, my mom gives me melatonin pills. I'll bring you some. So she brought me them, and they're in a plastic bag. They're like white pills, plastic bag, put them on my nightstand. I was very 
rebellious and a bit of a wild child in high school. So my dad had them tested by a pharmacist and the pharmacist was like, these are sugar pills. So over-the-counter melatonin, drugstore melatonin, sexy meek scam? I think so. So basically what you're saying is that you believe your previous prediction from months ago that the placebo pill is the next pill to trend. It's back, baby. (laughs) I've had that idea for a long time. Okay, so what would be your top two types of pills that you would make, like deep rest? Sexy pill. (laughs) Get sexy. Confidence pill. (laughs) Okay, confidence pill, deep rest pill. Deep rest. <laughs> Sexy. Deep rest is third. Yeah. Deep rest is third. And then and then genius pill. Or like genius. yeah, genius okay. mode pill. Yeah. Or God mode. That's what I would name God it. God mode. mode pill. Yeah. Like Bruce Almighty pill. Yeah, just where you're like, I understand everything. I'm so smart. I see it all. It's coming together. Everything is coming together. Yeah. Okay. I think the only one you're missing in that in that whole stack is comedic genius. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we can call that like the Bo and Yang pill. Bo and Yang pill. <laughs> Shout out to Bo and Yang. I'd add on Z way to that. Hope you listen. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the pod in our dreams. <laughs> I think that'd be the the stack. If you have any suggestions, you can write into us. Please let us know at Good For You Pod what pill you would like to add to our placebo company coming soon to a supplement shelf near you. Yeah. I Except mean, for we'll probably be D to C for a while. Absolutely. <laughs> you know that these girlies would be D to C. Well, that's the only we'll way. We'll work find. up to an omni-channel approach. <laughs> yeah. We'll work up to Erewhon, but that's the dream. Honestly, Erewhon is a placebo store. Okay. The (laughs) brand of Erewhon is the smartest, worst brand ever. Have you ever bought anything Erewhon branded? I literally just bought like Erewhon krill oil or something because I ran out. Because I'm supposed to take it for this baby brand that I'm growing. Krill oil. Okay, interesting. You must report back. I would like to report two very unsuccessful purchases from the Air One brand. They seem horrible. The products do not seem good. Their honey sucks. (laughs) I'm like, how do you fuck up honey? Even Trader Joe's makes great (laughs) honey. (laughs) I was in there and I needed honey for some reason. I normally don't really buy that stuff there like at all. You can't buy a staple at Air One. That's not what that store is for. It was a dire situation and I needed honey and I was looking on the shelf and all the honey was, I don't know, $14 and above. Easily more than that because that's like how much it is at Sprouts. Yeah. And it was blessed by a princess Manuka honey. And like only made by queen honeybees. They didn't even have workers. It's monarchy honey. That Beyonce has been crafting in her backyard <laughs> for like 12 years. It's yes. like the babies. Yes. That's a good brand. That's, that's good it. Brand. Honestly. Okay. I would buy her honey. <laughs> me too. I feel like it's just $700. Okay. I'll put it wherever you tell me to. <laughs> I'm just to wash my face with it. Okay. I'll just bathe in it. Great. <laughs> I bought it. I got home and I was like, this is probably one of the worst honeys I've ever tried. Wow. It's just, just like corn syrup. Yes. <laughs> Not even real honey. No, I was like, I'm taking this back. And then I, <laughs> of course, forgot and never did that. But my second purchase, another dire situation when I was like, I need chili oil. And I happened to be in there. And of course, they had no chili oil. No, they really don't. I had to go in for a Thai spice and they didn't have any. It's like, what? It's okay, Erwan, get more it? international. Also, like, yeah, like way to be white supremacist. I don't even want to know about that family because as soon <laughs> as I found out about Lassen's being Mormons, I was like, fuck. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, it's bad. 
They're anti-LGBTQ. No, I don't. I abandoned lessons Same. a long time ago. But it's not How the did, worst no. chili oil I've ever had. I find chili but it's oil definitely to be difficult. It's like it's hit or miss. That's true. I will say Momofuku, great chili oil. Fly by Jing, great chili oil. Mm-hmm. I stand by those two choices. Yeah, Erewhon. Erewhon's a placebo. <laughs> yes. This should be good. It's so expensive. And I feel the aspirational lifestyle creeping into my kitchen, but it's a lie. It's funny because it seems good because it's expensive. And yet we're also obsessed with finding deals. And this site that I stumbled upon this weekend called Thieve.co is absolutely batshit insane. And it took me back to this time last year when we were obsessed with AliExpress and like searching on AliExpress all the time for random things and not really buying anything but just perusing yeah yeah, I did buy my wedding shoes on AliExpress AliExpress and they they were great they were really cute thank you and you Uh, said they were comfy they were super comfortable yeah were they like Prada knockoffs yeah (laughs) that's fine sometimes the knockoff is just as good It's true. So this company is called Thieve.co and it's a curated list of the best products from AliExpress. And I think it's so interesting because they have two options. They can either be drop ship, which is basically like if you're a store who wants to, or purveyor that wants to sell these products in your store, which check back to our very first episode of Good For You in which we break the absolutely insane story that some products that are all around Highland Park, you know, shops and incense stores, places like Milk and Eggs. They're just selling stuff that's on AliExpress and they're marking it up like 400%. That's a deep cut. And I know it's probably complicated because they're being charged for rent and it's not that simple, but don't try and fake us out. We will find out. Yeah. Don't pass your stuff from AliExpress off as like artisanal made, handcrafted, local, (laughs) pasture raised. It's not that. How do you think independent stores trying to sell these types of AliExpress accoutrement should label it? If they were to be honest about it. From China. (laughs) (laughs) Made in a factory for 10 cents, just so you know. Most stuff is. That's the thing. Like people think that just because it's whatever. If it's made in LA or made locally, then like, okay, great. But that still doesn't guarantee that the person who's making it is getting fair labor. There's also all those tricky laws about how much of a garment or an object needs to be made in that country to get that label. And oh, it yeah. turns out not much. Not <laughs> much. Like, they can like sew a button on and they're like, yeah. yeah, this jacket was definitely made in the United States. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. No. So they have that option, the drop shipping option, but they also have for people like maybe you listening, you know, dear reader, all of us can buy objects from AliExpress. And there's a ton of stuff on here. Now, am I a little conflicted? Yeah, totally. But am I also like, well, I'm intrigued. And is this, <laughs> Hence, is this any different than like buying stuff at my local shop that I know is made in China? I don't know. It's tough to say. <laughs> this is the line we tow constantly here, <laughs> teetering <laughs> on the edge of either or. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I have to say I found a lot of uh, great products, but my one gripe with them is the onboarding experience. Oh, I would say that it's subpar. <laughs> it's subpar. And they prompted me to answer if I was a guy or a girl. I also got that. I would like them to reconsider that prompt and update it to boy or girl if they're going to be so binary. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> or if you're going to say guy, say gal. 
Right. Guy, gal, goblin. Thank you. You know, I want to be represented. (laughs) I want to see what would be marketed to me if I was a guy. Interesting. I don't, I wonder if they're not, they don't seem new. They seem new enough that they are just getting information. New enough in tech, but not in thought. Exactly. They don't seem like they're curating lists yet based off of your gender identity. What's on your, what did you no, end you, up saving? You go first. Haunted, haunted cart. Okay. I saved a, a bunch of stuff. I really went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> the things that I, I got most excited about. It gets about. weird quick. <laughs> super <laughs> weird. Super weird. One thing that I found that I was like, now, now this is cool. This is Now, do I need it? No. This is pretty cool. <laughs> it's a giant fluffy bean bag. It's oh, I love a bean bag. And I think I would really like it. I think I think Bonnie would really like it. <laughs> this looks um, Just, so comfortable. Doesn't it look so good? So that's like what I want the most. High on your list. Yeah. And then I have found, you know, I'm, I'm tripping out or, you know, I'm making this tripping crib. out. I'm, you know, making it fancy in this office. And so this, I really want a cord organizer. And I had like a little bit of a breakdown at the container store this weekend because there were too many cord organizers, but they were really expensive and they were also ugly. That is the storyline of pretty much (laughs) everyone who ever has walked into a container store anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, this will like serve the function, but I hate it. And like, I don't, I want it to be so expensive and it's so expensive. Yeah. I'm like, what? This is crazy. So I didn't get any of them. And then I found this one and it's like, oh, that's, that's great. That's kind of what I'm looking for kind of sleek and I have actually like quite a few other things on here but my feet as I said I have a sort of Shrek aesthetic right now because my feet are swollen because I am pregnant and I really need a little footstool or something to like prop my feet up on that's not ugly and that's comfortable and I found this really cute little plush stool chair that I, I really like that's my thief slash AliExpress on AliExpress haunted cart. Not sure if I'll ever, ever, these will ever stop haunting me because I don't know if I'll ever pull the trigger on them. But you know, it's fun to it's fun to virtually window shop. What's on your list? Window, yeah, you can spend a lot of time on this website. It's very scary. So <laughs> I started with something very practical because I was like, you know what? I've never really invested in makeup brushes, but I saw this set of wooden makeup brushes and okay. these are cute. They're cute. They're seven dollars for six makeup brushes. Makeup and brushes, kind of the same size, Wallace. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> they are all brush, like blush brushes. <laughs> Picturing you like putting like eyeliner, trying to put eyeliner on like with one of them. <laughs> so it's a little bit more for aesthetic than anything, not maybe functional, but you know, you gave it a good effort, I would say. <laughs> They actually are. They're all the same thickness except for like one. There's very little variation other than color. They just look really soft. (laughs) I have to say e.l.f. makes really good affordable makeup brushes. Because otherwise makeup brushes always feel egregiously expensive. Yeah, but they last forever. I have makeup brushes from middle school that's still like a Bobbi Brown makeup brush that I, that's great. I just wash it. Hot tip. Okay. I am crossing this off the list. <laughs> Next on the list, very practical, but this is something where I'm like, this could go wrong <laughs> fast. Is this $2 magnetic key holder? The cloud? Yes. Wait, I saw this and I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's I was smart. like, you could put that anywhere and it's- walk by and you just go, 
Okay, so what would happen to me is it's everyone, it's a big, big magnet. You put it on your wall and your keys hang off of it. I would, th- I would end up, th- I know it, throwing my keys at that thing. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> it becomes a, a dartboard. <laughs> and always missing and just like ruining the wall next to it. <laughs> you know, it'd be great though, if it was such a strong magnet that when you went close enough to it, you had to let go. <laughs> yeah, like it sort of levitated in the air or something. Mm-hmm. We might have to test it. <laughs> A lot of other things would also attach to it at that point. Yeah. Your earrings, your your rings. Yeah. Did you ever wear magnetic earrings? Oh, yeah. I loved a magnetic earring. I always tried to put it on my nose. Yes. Okay. But sometimes it hurt. It always hurt. It's like the magnet is too strong. I'm not trying to get pierced by a magnet. I'm trying to just, you know, like look edgy, not be edgy. (laughs) I'm just lying to my mom about getting my ears pierced. I did for four months. (laughs) But they also at one point stopped working. Oh, yeah. It was like planned obsolescence. (laughs) 100%. First introduction to planned obsolescence. Those magnets. (laughs) So I feared that this would happen to this $2 cloud keychain. That's fair. That's fair. My last thing. Okay. This hammock, it's a party hammock. It's a portable triangle hammock that looks massive. And there are three people in the ad sleeping on it or laying on it. This looks amazing. It is $32, which gives me pause. It makes me a little anxious. Mm, Yes. But also, here's the thing. Like, how much does it cost to make a thing? To make a thing? To make a thing. Like, (laughs) people are marking shit up all the time, you know? If you're taking out the middleman. middle people there's many 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 people in the middle maybe that's like that's it you know you're getting direct from the factory pretty much and if you go on this site you will realize how many products there are that you probably don't need but might really need (laughs) okay well i keep saying it's the last one but this one is the last one. It's a mini portable lint remover roller. Okay, wait. No, I saw this and I was like, this looks It's cool. $1 and I'm... there are 1,300 people who have reviewed it. Yeah, it looks cool. Did you see the other lint thing that was like, it's for your carpet and for your, like, it's like a pet hair and lint remover for the carpet oh, and oh. for the couch. Oh, that looked cool too. And that was... I believe in all lint removers. Same. <laughs> Same. They're so satisfying. So I think a key to this website, if you're going to peruse it, it seems to be also how many people have reviewed it or liked it, I think is probably going to be a good factor to avoid scamola situations. Mm -hmm. And definitely it links out to AliExpress. So, you know, it's an independent website, not affiliated with AliExpress. And of course, you have to go do a little bit of your own research if you can. But man, getting sucked down the AliExpress rabbit hole is real. You really have to exercise some conscious consumer behavior. It's true. <laughs> but if you, but you'll see a lot of stuff that you see on Amazon and a lot of stuff that you see on Etsy and a lot of stuff that you also see in your local boutique. <laughs> it's all coming from AliExpress. So look alive out there, my friends. Look alive, check your margins, <laughs> and stay healthy. That's it. You made it to the end of the pod. Michelle had to run. And we have a special request for you this week, dear friends, dear ghouls. Next week on the pod, we are going to do a sexy, unique scam edition all about mom and baby products. As you may or may not know, Michelle is pregnant and she's due in November. So 
We are going to do a little special sexy unique scam edition talking about all the scams of, well, we can't really talk about all the scams of motherhood because that would be an anthology, you might say, of podcast episodes from the sexy unique scam good for you universe. But we want to do a little section and we would love to hear from you. We want to hear your beautiful voices. So in the show notes, there's a link where you can go to send us a voice note and it will let us know you sent us a voice note to Anchor, which is on Spotify. Great program, by the way, if you're thinking about starting or switching your podcast platform, not not sponsored by them. No, we're actually not sponsored by them. But if you know anyone at Anchor or Spotify, let us know. (laughs) Anyways, that link is in the show notes. We'd love to hear a little clip from you about a product, a service, an idea, a concept, a philosophy, what have you, about motherhood or parenting or pregnancy that either you experienced or it's just grinding your gears as of late. Please send that to us. And if you are having trouble with that link, you can also send us a voice note at goodforyoupod on Instagram. You could also reply to the newsletter that goes out weekly with a little voice note file. We will also gladly take that there. And if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, it is a companion piece to this pod in your inbox every Friday. It's great content. It's not too much text. We have great links. We talk a little bit about what is on the pod each week. We talk about what's haunting our cards. We share some memes. It's all good fun. So sign up for that in the show notes as well. But please send us your voice note. We want to hear what sexy unique scam can you just not stand? And... This week, we're also giving away a prize. It is the same prize as last week because no one should miss out on this. All you have to do is hit that five stars in Apple Podcasts and write us a sweet, sexy, funny review. Funny five-star reviews only, please. Love feedback, but not in the reviews. And we will select the winner next week on the pod for the Kosas Brow Potion Lotion. I'm probably messing up the name but it's a great product and high value. So don't miss out. Send us a review. We'll let you know who won on the pod and we will get that to you stat. You don't even have to pay for shipping fees. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Always a pleasure to have you here. Have a great summer. Don't change. Or do. Bye. See you next week. Good For You is produced by yours truly, Wallace Miller Blanchard. Our theme song is by Parallel Dance Ensemble. And our wonderful editing is done by Softer Sound Studio. You can find more information about at the link in our show notes.